0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
1: Welcome to another episode of Go Greyhounds. Myself, Alexia, Callum and Layers with us today. Good morning, everyone.
2: Good morning. morning.
1: How are we? I'm
2: great. great. Well, you're not supposed <laughs> to answer at the same time. <laughs> well, it's good to be back.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have you. We've got uh, plenty of races coming up this weekend, including Cannington's Anniversary Cup on Saturday. But before we get to that, let's head to f- what's happening on Friday and Mandra. How? What races are you liking from this event? Um, we'll
3: start off with race four. I think it's a pretty interesting race. I'm looking to be against Mild Marcus here, although he has won at the track. Um, in fair in fair time, over the 490, I think he'll get caught up early and not be able to find the lead here. And I think that'll be his undoing. I'm looking towards Lou Lee, who, should, who will put himself on speed and um, perfectly uh, drawn in box one. And I'm looking to Torza as well. Hopefully get um, Prices to back bo- both of those. Tawzer will tend to miss the start and can run home really strongly.
2: I'm actually with you here with Lou Lee. Cal has a great chance here from this draw, has the early speed and runs one of the quickest time in the field, a mild Marcus you're not really quite keen on, but I think has been chasing an impeccable form over this track and distance as well as over the 490 and the 520. Has won four of his last five. Not too concerned with this draw either, even though it's, you know, out of box three, but he handles the traffic pretty well.
1: And what about race six? That was another one that, Cal, you said you're excited about? Yeah, I think mode keeping will go keep
3: going on with it. I thought it was very impressive last start, rang 2254. No one would get anywhere close to this in, the, in a field like this. Um, I don't think we're going to get much for a price, so probably one um, for those out there to stick in your multis. I think it maps pretty well. Um, West on Tiny will use the track. Um, I think Sunset Atomic in six might take up a bit of a market, which would be good, Um, and Steampunk is definitely one that can place.
2: What is happening here, Callum? Agreeing with you. you agree? What a nice day. Low keeping is undefeated at Mandra. I mean, has only had the two starts, but has won two from two. And from box one as well as the six, so drawn box one here over the 405. Westdale Bodie jumping out of box five has a pretty good record over this distance with six starts, two wins, and four placings. Yet to jump out of box five. So we will be interesting to see how he performs from here. Cal,
1: agree? Don't agree?
3: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. All right. What about race 10?
3: Um, well, yeah, race nine we're going to look at. The free-for-all over 490 um, all Zipped Up was, uh, I'm going to go with here. I think it's perfectly drawn in box two. I think it can cross premium share, and Mushin Jet's been missing the start in four, so should get the green lights. As a performer of the 600 and has really liked the 490 at Mandra. I think it can lead all the way. I was very disappointed with the run of quarter arrow last week. After leading, I thought the time was awful, although it was on a slow track. I think this dog should be doing a lot better than that. So um, I'm thinking All Zipped Up might be second favourite, and I'm happy to play it that around, around the $3, $4 mark.
1: Now, is race t- nine something that you've decided you like this morning? Because when we spoke yesterday, it was a race <laughs> 10 that you were interested in. Yeah, potentially. I will just change it up. We can but-
2: have a look at race 10 as well. I mean, I like the look of Blackpool Ammo. He's a standout chance for me. here. Yeah, I tipped him last week for Shane Williams. He ran second. He's also um, run second to Buster the Brute, so he's been chasing in very tough company. Draws nicely out of box two quicker than Turbo Fun, who has drawn box one and has the vacant box to his right, which will be really handy. And I'm actually curious about Vitalogy, but I'm not sure if you've had a look at this, Cal. What do you think his chances are?
3: Um, Vitalogy, I don't give much chance at all to. Um, I think it's between the 1, 2, and the 8. Tannum at pace had a short break. Although not really suited in box 8, the small fielder helped. This dog can go absolutely fly at his best. I think the last couple of starts, he's been um, a little disappointing, but obviously Paul Stewart's taken time off with him. And... Um, He would come back firing. I think he can definitely win. Uh, The one I would likely have favorite is Turbo Fun, although Blackpool Ammo probably has a little bit more early speed. Turbo Fun has the ability to ping out the boxes and is a lot stronger than Blackpool Ammo, who does get very tired late in the races, and we have seen over the 4.05. The overall time of 22.84 isn't quite good enough for a race like this when you're coming up against the likes of Turbo Fun and Tanner at pace, so I would lean to those two with a leaning to um, Turbo Fun.
2: All right, interesting. We'll have to see how that race plays out. And I know we did mention really quickly, we touched on race nine. We did see premium Share come back. He had a break from a five-month well, five month spell due to injury. Jumped really well last week. Helen, I'm not sure if you saw that race, but jumped really, really well and then sort of disappointing towards the end, maybe a bit of lingering injury there.
3: Yeah, it was absolutely awful, Um, which is... Oh, I'm sub- absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah, it was... It wasn't
2: horrible. I mean, he jumped well, I think, for... I think he was about... A 4 $5 chance and for him to run that well just up until the home bend was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, this is a
3: dog that has run down Guru torado who was at that time one of the best dogs in Australia, though. and
2: Won the million-dollar chance last yeah, yeah. has
3: run 24, uh, 29.40 around Cannington. Um, for him to lead over 4.90 and get run down, I just don't think um, he's going all that well. And I just can't see him winning any races, especially in the free-for-all um, level.
1: He doesn't like it. Cal does not like
2: it. No, that's fair enough. And I think after the last run as well, it's pretty evident that maybe hasn't fully recovered from the injury.
1: All right, let's move on to Saturday. Some more exciting races there. Let's start with race three before we get to the anniversary cup. Cal?
3: Um, very good race here. We see um, uh, Just Wins Boss, Wicked Rhythm and Van Buren and Red Cap Manelli. All those will be in the market. I would have a small leaning to Just Wins Boss from box two. I think it can cross so tough at the start, um, wants defence. fence. Wicked Rhythm potentially leads from seven. I think just boss can camp on um, Wicked Rhythm and run it down. I have a big opinion on this dog. Just needs a little bit of clean running um, early. Wicked Rhythm, we saw held off Red Cap last start. Um, the big field suits Wicked Rhythm, so I'd have that second. I think Van Buren and Red Cap Minnelli will both be making the same runs and um, sort of challenge at the end. I think it would be a very competitive race, it's just, and there's plenty of angles to take.
2: A very, very tough field here. I've always been a fan of Van Buren, especially after his run in the Canning Show Cup where he beat Fl- Flake Manelli. He jumps out of box eight here, has yet to win from this outside draw with six starts so far. He doesn't have that early speed like Wicked Rhythm who was drawn next to him, but has proven in the past that he doesn't need to jump to win. Like to win. He also has good run home times, which I think is very, very handy over the 600.
1: So, Cal, how will you be placing your bets on this race? Um, I'd have a bet on just wins, boss. To win? Yep. All right, let's move on to race six, the Anniversary Cup. It's a big it's a big race for the weekend. Leia, why don't you give us your thoughts on that race?
2: Honestly, I think it's with Sunset. Spitfire has been undefeated. Will be going for his 12th win here. Has that speed. Slow beginners on other side as well with Chevy's entry and Fernando Starr. Clock's the quickest sectionals and has run 29-39 over this track and distance. We do see Starbuck, who's a very, very good chaser, but she is drawn box one and she prefers the outside draw. I think she performs better from a wider from a wider draw. So I'm with Sunset Spitfire, definitely.
1: Cal, agree? Don't agree? I
3: don't agree with... Oh, uh, finally!
2: <laughs> with I saw s- that one coming. The slow
3: beginners to the inside and outside. Chevy's entry is a dog that can go 545, early 540s. And Fernando Star, if he gets the start right, can go very quick as well. I think those... Fernando Star stays pretty straight, which is good for um, Spitfire. Chevy's entry, I want to use a little bit of the track. you got Sermonti in six, that's a, a fence crasher. Could potentially get in the way early. Um, I w- haven't seen prices, but I would like to have a bet on Sunset Toxic. I think perfectly drawn out in Box 7, can muster down the outside into that first corner, and there's a dog that doesn't really um, give up, especially in a tough fight towards that first bend, can punch through and can break away. I liked the run last week, thought it was very good, but would need a big price with Sunset Spitfire in the race. Um, agree, it's the most likely winner. It's just, I think in a race like this where it's super hot with a lot of early speed, this might be the undoing of the doggy. Off the mat, he's always the last one out, and that's uh, an issue I have with the dog. Um, I, if he was drawn out wider, um, I think he's unbeatable. But box four, there could be a few issues.
2: I uh, look as you mentioned, Fernando Star can run that quicker first sectional, but looking at recent recent times, five forty seven Sunset Spitfire, five forty three. But then you have a look at the run home times, and Sunset Spitfire runs home in twenty nine thirty nine, whereas Fernando Star is closer to just under sub thirty, and Chevy's entry is thirty point two. So I think. If you th- take a look at when you break it down that way, I think over the 5.20 Sunset Spitfire might just have that advantage over Fernando Starr.
1: So a big race to look forward to on Saturday and some pretty nice money coming out of that one as well.
3: Yeah, some good money to the winner. And um, there is a few rumours floating around that Sunset Spitfire and Flat Minelli might be heading east as well for the big races over there. So it's exciting.
1: So we'll find out next week. What about race nine on Saturday at Cannington?
3: Yeah, it's a good race. Um, Steve Minnelli was super behind uh, Sunset Spitfire. Two starts to go from Box 1, and I thought was very good last start from Box 5. Um, did it the hard way. Bullet just threw it the first bend. I think he's definitely the one to beat. Um, can potentially lead this race. It's not possessed with a lot of early speed. He got speed with Kiss Me Linda and 5. Has to deal with Varon Star that wants to use the track. And Zach Minnelli, a bit of a query on how he's come back. I think he might be looking for the 600 now. Um, Steinbrenner would be likely to running on, but I'd definitely have a lean to Steve Minnelli.
1: Mm, what about you, Leo?
2: <laughs> Another one we're in agreement with you, Cal. David Hobby obviously has come up with box one and two, Steve Minnelli. In the one, Zach in two. I think Steve Minnelli has a good chance. Ran second to Sunset Spitfire. Two starts back, as you mentioned. But Zach Minnelli has run a very quick time of 29.47 over the 5.20. As we mentioned, Zach Minnelli also holds track record. So it'll be between the two. But I think Steve Manelli definitely leaning more towards him.
1: Dave Hobby doing his thing. Cal, any other races you like over the weekend or, or even tonight?
3: Um, Tonight, I'll get into later on. Um, You'll hear my tips later in the segment, so stay tuned. But um, where Shorty and I will preview a couple of the races, so um, save them for last.
1: Speaking of, David Short will join us again later, but this time we're going to go into the life of David Short and how he got into racing. Uh, Morgan Turner also joins us. After this, we're going to take a short break.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson. Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
3: Stangamoose, bomb the start, can't win. Dandelup Duke leads early from winging it, and then Bilbo. Around them goes Boomerang Betty, followed by Sunset Shiva. Wide out is Stangamoose, and last of all, Sasanquaminelli. Up to the turn. Dandelup Duke's got the front. Bilbo's closing in nicely. Four-lane Stangamoose, who's been terrific in the straight. Dandelup Duke with Bilbo. Stangamoose, it might get up and win. Oh, goodness gracious me. Like Kingston's out in the Cox Plate. Stangamoose all over the top after being declared that it couldn't win. Now second, Bill and on the inside, is winging it.
2: Stangamu's an incredible chaser, and he showed us that on Tuesday night at Mandra, taking out the peel plate final and joining us now, his trainer Morgan Turner. Morgan, how are you?
4: I'm very well. Yourself?
2: Great, thank you. And we've got Callum and Alexia joining as well. How are you feeling after the win on Tuesday?
4: Yeah, that was, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. It's our first uh, speech first race that we've won. I think we've been training for about five years now. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was uh, good. Good and, to finally get one.
2: And you also were having we were having a chat a little bit off air about the owner and how he gets a little bit nervous before the race, so he couldn't <laughs> even really watch the race. Yeah, and that's he was going. yeah. So he, um, he ended up watching like watch a replay twenty times.
4: Yeah, he doesn't watch any of the races. I think even when he came to the track, I'm pretty sure he ducks away and gets a bit too nervous. But yeah, he watches the replay and um, yeah, gets pretty excited. So. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's um, four four people in it. Um, Jason Mumming, he's the, um, the I guess, the um, manager of the syndicate. And then it's his son, and his son's name, his nickname's Moose, so that's where they got the um, got the name Sanger Moose from. And then there's uh, Dave and Tyson, and apparently Tyson had uh, 100 each way on him for the bill uh, plate at $20. Yeah, it
3: was a very good win and I I think the dog's quite well suited at, and Box 8 can mind his own business. Um, in yeah. terms of the race, he ran down, or oh, he was running behind uh, Kenya Cruz who didn't have quite a lot of luck, but in a race like that where there is so much early speed in the race, being out wide is probably quite a good position for a dog like him.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yep, uh, we'd run that sort of scenario um, earlier on with the uh, breeder because they bred um, the other dog we had in there as well, which was 3 um, Dan Love Jet. Um, and he's quite quick early, but he also wants off as well. So we thought he might uh, cause a little trouble for the favourite, but ended up uh, bust or boom came across from the five and um, slowed them down. And there's a lot of lot of pace on the inside there, so we'll, we thought that Stanger Moose was our best chance out of the two.
2: At what point of the race, Morgan, did you think that you had it in the bag?
4: Uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit
2: like that with the dogs <laughs> or any racing.
4: Yeah, yeah it's probably obviously it's, um, probably the hardest, hardest field he's been up against. Um, he did pretty well in the Friday before in the um, final, one of the finals there as well. He ran third. But um, yeah, pretty, all the dogs were pretty evenly matched, I think. So yeah, I was just didn't think he would. Once he got to the front, then, yeah, but it was right on the line, so I <laughs> never, never thought we had it in the bag.
1: What about the rest of the kennel, Morgan? What's going on with the rest of them? you got a couple of dogs going around tonight and tomorrow night.
4: Yeah, I've got uh, three in tonight and three in tomorrow, I think. Um, yeah, they're all, all probably handy for a place. Um, I think the three last week are the same on Thursday as last week, and they all ran, I think, second, second and third, so... I think they probably do the similar similar this week. And then um, Friday, the three I've got there, probably all similar. They all should run a place. Um, probably the one that I think would win uh, or the best chance of winning is uh, Mr Wally. Um, come back from a few issues. but He's been trialling well, so hopefully um, yeah, hopefully can come out and get the job done.
3: And uh, you spoke about Dandelup Jet you've all, um, and Dandelup Lizzie. You've recently picked them up. They must be handy dogs to have in the kennel, obviously. Dandelup Jet's done some good things over the 405 uh, very quick early, and Dandelup Lizzie has the same sort of attitude. very quick early, um, and both run decent time over the 405, so they must be handy.
4: Yeah, yep, yep. They're all the same Same litter as Moose and Thangabool, um, Dandelup Jet and Dandelup Lizzie. Um yeah, they're all pretty good dogs to have in the kennel. They all they all work well, and yeah, um, yeah, I like a dog that works, easy to work, so easy to train. But um, yeah, they're all all pretty good, so all handy, all should uh, all should do all right. Um, I think I have put in there's another Grade Five series, provincial Grade Five series next Tuesday, so nominated Stanger Jet for that. I mean, um, Stanger, <laughs> Stanger Jet, Stanger Jet for that. <laughs>
3: Um, and these, well, Dandelup Jet and Dandelup Lizzie both started their careers over 5.20. Um, would there be any incline to truck them up over the 5.20 for potentially the big races? Obviously, they have the early speed to probably lead the races and we know anything can happen back in the field, so there must be a temptation there.
4: Yeah, I'm not really sure the Kingston's that suited for um, Dandelup Jet because um, yeah, he does get run down, but also... He's a bit of a wide runner, and so he can't really take those corners that well, I'd imagine. Um, he runs off a fair bit, even at Mandra. Um, he's got a bit of a funny action. If you watch the replays, you'll see he kicked his back right leg out, um, causing him to run off. I think he's had it from, from day one, so I'm not sure, but definitely a possibility I could trial him up there and have a look and see what he can do. But at this stage, just keep him, keep him at Mandra. There's a fair view. Good races coming up over the 405. Got the um, Bear Flake and I think there's uh, Express Stakes as well early next year, which is the Provincial five.
1: Cal's going and to look then. at me a bit funny when I ask you this question, Morgan, but is there a, is there a way to train a dog who, you know, kicks their back leg out in a sort of way?
4: Nah, nah. I think it's just... Uh, could have been, like, an injury when he was younger in the paddock or something. Um... That's just his uh, running action that he's got now, I guess. But yep. we check him and there's no, no issues that are causing it.
1: Morgan, why don't you tell us a bit about how you got into greyhound racing? I
4: uh, got into the sport. Uh, well, first me and my wife were showing dogs and then we bought a kennel property and we decided to set up a boarding kennel. And that was uh, where we live now, which is in um, Up and... Then I was working away with. I um, well we started, started to show a bit of interest into the greyhounds. I was working away with uh, Linda Britton's brother, um, Ian Britton, and so I started just asking him some questions about the greyhounds, and he told me to go and see Linda. Mm. So we did, and it sort of kicked off from there. And previously,
1: I believe your wife was completely against the sport. What turned her?
4: Uh... Probably actually having a dog and going to the track.
1: <laughs> and what sort of role uh, does she play now then?
4: Uh, she's, she does the majority of the work in the morning. <laughs> so uh, I go to work for a mining company and then my wife, um, she'll get up and let all the dogs out to the toilet and make all the feed, clean up. And then at night when I get home from work, then uh, we'll either work the dogs or um, or I'll go racing or both so pretty busy
1: well thank you so much for joining us today Morgan we appreciate your time and we hope you can get some more wins on the board in the near
2: future
4: yeah it's a easy thanks for having me
2: thanks Morgan that was Morgan Turner trainer of Stengar Moose who took out the Peel Plate final at Mandra on Tuesday we're going to take a short break and on the other side we will be chatting to David Short from Tab Touch
0: (laughs) Live on ACN track. You're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
2: Are you intro Cal, intro, Cal intro. You can. Okay.
0: Yeah. Live on ACN track. You're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
2: Welcome back to Go Greyhounds. We are now joined by the wonderful David Short from Tab Touch. Shorty, how are you going?
5: Yeah, I'm really well, thanks, Leia. Alex, Carol, great to be with you guys. How's your Thursday going?
1: Our Thursday's going very well. It's great to be with you and having you on as in segment three, which we usually don't do, but we thought we'd take our time to get to know David Short, the famous man that you are around racing WA.
5: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> but hold on. Pop on your seatbelts.
2: You've become a bit of a celebrity after the Movember moustache selfie, I must say.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Leigh. Yeah, it was uh, all for a good cause. I wasn't necessarily happy with having to get around with um, people calling me Chopper Reed, but uh, that's okay. (laughs) You deal with that after a period of time and it was all for a good cause. So um, Tommy's done a great job. They raised more than $10,000 for the Movember cause in the month of November. So I'm always happy to put my uh, put myself to a, a really good cause and um, uh, the team with Thomas Shelby as well as raising a lot of interest in greyhound racing, um, they're, they're doing a lot for charity as well, which is really exciting.
3: Yeah, and now we'll take it way back to how you got into the greyhounds and we want to know what made you attracted to the greyhounds compared to the, I suppose, the horses or trots type of thing and um, how's that uh, progressed over the period of time?
5: Yeah, I guess pretty interesting, to be honest. So my my dad, Graham Short, um, I grew up around horses more than, than dogs, to be honest. He owned quite a few paces and, and thoroughbreds with uh, both Gil and Rod Starkey, and um, they were both horse dentists. So we spent a lot of time with them, and they were, yeah, effectively, they had stables in their backyard. So I used to spend a lot of time as a youngster going out and feeding the horses and spending time with them. And I loved the horses, and um, I got dragged along to you know trials and race days and things like that and as I got a little bit bigger and understood what it was all about the, the excitement of the racetrack was something that really appealed to me so um yeah up until probably the age of about 12 um I didn't really know too much about greyhound racing it was all about sort of the trots and the thoroughbreds and then um it got to around about um, 12 years of age and um Dean Starkey, which was Rod's son, um, didn't want to be like his dad. And, and Pop, he decided he'd do something a little bit different. And he um, purchased a greyhound by the name of George Steele, named after the wrestler George the Animal Steele. And um, the, from the moment that I, I met the dog, um, it was just a oh, amazing. I, I just loved the creatures. They were, they were so beautiful. And I really enjoyed spending some time with the greyhounds. And then we started to go and watch him race and then they got a few more dogs as time went on and my dad got involved in ownership with a few and um, so we found ourselves going to the track pretty much once or twice a week to watch the dogs go around and that was the start of hooking me in at about 12 years of age and I haven't looked back since I've, I've loved the industry ever since
2: the atmosphere on track is just completely different with greyhound racing than it is with pacing and thoroughbred racing isn't it shorty
5: yeah, just so fast-paced, I guess. And um, the fact that I love the animals, I also love what they can do on the track. I mean, they, they run in excess of 60 kilometres an hour. They're genuine speed balls, and they go out and give it everything they've got. But afterwards, they love nothing more than coming back for a great big pat and a cuddle. And in mm-hmm. more recent times, it's become traditional for them to get a, a crack at the ice cream cone yeah, as well, which they really Maccas. love, which is... Yeah, it's very popular with the dogs, which yeah, I Callum love takes busted
1: through mackers all the time.
5: He does, absolutely. And uh, Jumbo he himself gets plenty of ice creams with his treats after visiting the racetrack. So that's great. They are the stars of the show, but um, anybody that hasn't met the greyhounds themselves, it's it's one thing to have a bet on them, but you know, getting involved in ownership and actually spending time with the breed themselves is really special. They're such wonderful creatures.
3: And you spoke about ownership. I imagine you've owned quite a few dogs on the time. Obviously, now we hear about Jumbo Jet, but... Uh, who were some of the highlights over your um, career of ownership who you've had racing and
5: what did they do? Yeah, well, Cal, it's it's probably fair to say I've actually been more lucky as an owner in in thoroughbred than I have in greyhounds. But um, I was actually involved with um, one of Pete Walsh's syndicates early on um, with Amelia Park with a horse called Locker Vault, which was um, an amazing horse. We had another... Philly through the time um, that, that won five or six races in, in town, which was really superb, Royal Harvest. Um, Greyhound-wise, uh, the best that I had probably up until more recent times was a bitch called Bobby Dovolina. Um, she was out of Love Me, Bobby, one of Jerry O'Keefe's, the famous trainer, Jerry O'Keefe, with the Sandys, me mum line. Love Me, Bobby, was a great 600-metre bitch, and at the time that the hit tra- the track was... Um, uh, Del the Funky Homo sapiens, Mr Dobolina. And uh, so we went with Bobby Dobolina and uh, she had a little bit of ability. She had a lot of injury issues, but... Um... Uh, It was a lot of fun racing her. And then um, I guess in in more recent times, obviously Woodbale Fly being placed in a a Group 1 Galaxy was a a really big thrill. And now we've got some of her pups starting to come through. Um, Rollouts, obviously, from the first litter. We've got a a one-off pup from the second litter. And there's six pups to Awesome Allen that are over in New South Wales being reared at the moment. So hopefully some exciting times ahead. And we know you're very close to the
3: Withers camp. Obviously, you've been very close with Tommy Shelby the whole way. How's that ride been? Obviously, um, I don't think you're one of the owners, but I imagine it feels like being a bit of an owner, following him through and seeing what he's done. And recently, third in the Melbourne Cup, that's absolutely massive. But you take it back to, I think it was his second start, where he was absolutely off the, chain, uh, off the map. I imagine you've had a, a little bit of a bet there. And um, all the way through, I imagine it's just been an amazing experience.
5: Yeah, it has, and I'm obviously very close friends with with Steve Withers, and I talked about that association with Dean Starkey earlier on as a trainer. I used to go and help him with his dogs on weekends and and the like, and um, Steve, Mark Simpson, and also Dean were, were great friends. They did help each other out a lot from a training perspective, so I've been great friends with Steve for a really significant period of time, and um, to see him end up with a Group One dog like Tommy is just—it's oh, just phenomenal, and it's so great for Stephen Kira and the Harders are wonderful people as well. And funnily enough, we had a, a, a barbecue get together at Stephen Kira's place for um, some of the owners involved in in Jumbo jet and also in Tommy Shelby, and they arrived only a couple of days prior, so pretty much saw them as they both arrived back from um, New South Wales breaking in, and they were just both such beautiful dogs and. Uh, Tommy's always had something about him. He's a really striking dog, being a blue fellow. He's got great personality. He ran straight over and wanted a big cuddle, and and likewise with Jumbo Jet. They're beautiful dogs, and it's been a great litter. I think um, Steve Minnelli, Kira Minnelli, Withers Minnelli are all out of the same same bitch, Serena Fly High. Oh, so it's been an amazing litter. Um, but no, look at just to see the um, the joy that they've had with such an amazing dog, and um, obviously the charity aspect we've touched on is really cool as well. But um no i'm just delighted and oh, i guess there's a small um uh, association given that uh, we raced the full brother but i uh, couldn't be happier for for the withers and, and also the hardest guys and the, the ride they're having at the moment is just phenomenal mm.
1: what are the chances of uh jumbo jet retiring with you shorty maybe one day
5: yeah there's a possibility of that happening most definitely yeah like well, i love the dog he's an absolute star i, I think um I would have a backyard full of them, to be honest with you, Lex. To be honest, if I had more room in the back, they're just such beautiful animals. and um, They've all got their own personalities, and, and that's sometimes gets forgotten. We're, um, obviously, we're there to promote the racing side of it, but um, the actual dogs themselves, they're, they're what lured me to the sport initially, and, and I still have that amazing love for the breed. They're, they're just wonderful athletes and beautiful dogs. They make the best pets post-racing, and um, I guess the other aspect to it is you become... They become members of family, and Carl, you can probably um, comment on this as well. With your time with with Buster, you you really become close with them. It's um, they become members of your family almost. And um, you know, obviously, you ride the the highs and lows. When when they're going well, you can't wipe the smile off your face. It's an incredible roller coaster journey. But when they don't go so well, it's it's really tough as well. You've got to go and pick them up and give them lots of cuddles and get their confidence back up and running. It's um, it's not all smooth sailing, but it's, it's like having a child or, or a good mate. You've got to be there with them through the good and the bad.
2: Well, Shorty, if you don't have Jumbo, I certainly will. I remember when I first watched Tommy Shelby racing, I was in the studios at TAB and I remember thinking, I love this dog. I want to adopt him as soon as he retires, but I really don't think I have any chance at all because there'll be plenty of people in line. I think Tommy will be staying with Kira and Steve. Greyhounds, WAs, well, Greyhounds' pets also do a very, very good job with them looking after yeah, the Greyhounds agree. after and, they retire, yeah. yeah.
5: And, and Lex and, um I'm sure, Blair, you you're both came in have come into the sport as relative newcomers, but you've both done stories and got to see them. I, what have your impressions been of them? And, and I must admit, when I first saw them, oh, I thought they are quite a big dog and I wasn't too sure about what sort of personality they'd have, but they're the... So, very rare that you meet a dog that's crazy voices. Most of them are so relaxed, placid, gentle characters. How have your, has your time been in greyhounds actually meeting the dogs and, and were they the sort of animals you thought they might be when you first heard about greyhounds?
1: So my first experience was when I went to the Jamie Marsh kennel and Calamool back me here. It didn't end well, but it started very well and I had a good time meeting um, the dogs there and they were all so friendly and wanted to come and have a cuddle and got to see what he did with his day and how well those greyhounds did live. After I left the kennel, though, Jamie had no luck on the track, so I haven't been invited back.
5: Oh, oh, that's okay. You've got to look at the calendar year. That's the key, Lex. (laughs) It's not short, no short windows. You've got to look at the 12 months. And since then, he's had lots of winners, so don't drop off. Thank you. I needed that.
1: Thanks, Shorty.
3: But I think when I was taking, like I've taken Buster the track a couple of times, it's amazing how much they are like real dogs. I thought they might be a bit robotic and routine, but... You go into the kennel and tell Buster he's racing. He's the most happiest dog ever. He's jumping. He runs into the back of the car straight in, and he wants to get racing, and I think that's the best thing about it. I've, I've been in Steve's ear telling him that I'm going to be taking Buster when he retires. And I mentioned it probably about once a week, and I think I might be able to do a bit of a side hustle at the park. I every, challenge everyone to a 400-metre race at the park and um, might be able to do some <laughs> get some money that way.
5: Oh. One thing's for sure, you know, whatever happens, he'll be drawing the red down at the park every week as well, Callum. That's uh, much the same as his racing career. He'll draw the rail each time. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's it's amazing, though, guys. It's nice to actually reminisce and think back to, to when it all started out. It's it's just been a, a love affair with the animal that, it, that it's all kicked off with, and obviously I enjoy a bet on them as well, and doing the form, and, and that's all part of it, but they are just so consistent and reliable. They, they pretty much run you the same race week in, week out, and um, when it comes to having a punt, I, I sort of analyse form for sport and racing and, and greyhounds and, and all the different codes. But I've always found greyhounds the, the purest form um, of, of betting because um, the only variable effectively is the dogs around them. They'll run you the same race they do week in, week out. It's just a matter of whether the dogs around them will allow them to run that same race each week.
1: Shorty, greyhound racing over time has changed dramatically. Specifically, this year it was obviously still allowed to go ahead. Given the circumstances, what some of the biggest differences you've seen in your time in the industry?
5: Um, obviously, I think the last five years, to be honest, has been. While the initial shock of of what had happened with some of the live baiting going back many years ago was was really disturbing and distressing, what that did do for the sport was draw a line in the sand and it got rid of the people that weren't doing the right thing Um, and it has since allowed a real level playing field for everybody that's involved in the sport which I think has just been tremendous and since then we've seen so many different kennels pop up with different winners there's no complete domination um, and, and sure, some of the full-time trainers train more winners than some of the, the part-time trainers, and that just comes down to numbers, but um, I think the people that are left involved in greyhound racing are the people that just love the sport and love the animals, and that's the key to the future success of the sport.
1: Um, definitely, since I've come in, I've learned a lot from being here. I'm sure Leo and Callum are the same. It's it's far different to what uh, it used to be, I suppose.
5: Definitely, definitely, and, and look, I think... Um, as time has gone on, um, the, certainly the welfare side of it has, has gone to another level, which it needed to. Uh, there's no hiding away from that. But I think um, now that and uh, people that go and take the time to actually go and visit kennels and see how much love there is for the dogs and how well looked after they are, that's something that really shines through. And, and if you go to the racetrack on, on race night, you get to see just how much care and attention and how well the dogs are groomed before they go to each and every race meeting, they're checked by the vets prior to each run, uh, they're looked after in nice cool air conditioning kennels uh, post race, they're looked after really well and then they often get a treat post race as well and Callum hit the nail on the head, these greyhounds are bred to actually run and they love the experience of race night, they, they, if they get left behind and other dogs in the kennel are racing on a night, often they will go nuts, so basically telling you, get me on the trailer I want to get to the track, when's it my turn to race? And and you can see there tails wagging a million miles an hour. They really do love the whole experience of race night, and that's um, what they're bred to do, and so many of them really do shine in that environment.
1: David Short there from Tab Touch telling us all about how he got into greyhound racing. It's nice to hear your story. Um, Shorty, stick around because we will want to get some tips from you. We're going to take a short
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.
2: We are back on go Greyhounds. We just had a chat with the man David Short and now he is back with us to give us his recap of racing there last night as well as having a look at chasing tonight, tomorrow and Saturday. Hello Shorty.
5: Hey guys, nice to be back with you and yeah it was a good night of chasing there last evening at Cannington. Uh, some of the more impressive performances. Uh, surprise, surprise. Dave Hobby back to the fore with this talented youngster Malawi out Manelli running 29.93. Uh, it's a really good time reference for a young dog. Looks to have a really bright future heading forward. Uh, it was a very competitive 600 metre race. You could have thrown a blanket over them late. There was only a little, for less than two lengths separating the entire field over the line, but it was Burnt Star that was able to put his beak out on the line and prevail over Wake Up. Uh, Bonanza Minnelli, another winner for Dave Hobby in one of the major 30-40. Cracking Candy for Max Julian was a winner at longer prices on a rampage for Joe Daly at bigger odds, cold sugar for Michael Hine was a nice winner early, but I know that there was one here that Cal very much enjoyed last night, and that's Production. Cal, this was one of your better bets, and I did note that this was a big late cave-in. It wasn't some of your money, was it?
3: Oh, um, potentially. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was very well boxed out in box seven. I thought the run first up was um, huge. I thought uh, the race shaped well. Obviously, Catch Jackson jumped and made his way down to the fence gate production room and. I was very happy to see it cross the line first. I was a little worried about Catch Jackson leading by around two lengths down the back. It's a dog that has raced over the 5.20. He can um, lead and run quick time, but um, obviously great to see production get up.
5: Mm, Absolutely. Uh, Deeper into the program, Weston Roger back into the winner's list. Pretty talented greyhound from the Chris House kennel. Uh, 29.84 is a good time standard. You'd think Weston Roger would be winning a few more races, just getting a bit of confidence back with that particular chaser. cruel cool bandit for Benny McLean was there in a good time, 21.87. And then the last, Peter Glennie with Bushman swag. This dog continues to just bob up at nice prices every few weeks in this sort of grade of race. Uh, just finds itself up on the arm, runs around that you know twenty one nine range and, and nicks races. That's exactly what it did again last night there in the last...
2: Sure. Shorty, let's have a look at racing tonight at Mandra. What are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, interesting program. Tough card, to be honest. I've come up with an all-up uh, suggestion for the punters for tonight. I thought race four, number two, high tensile the place. Uh, this greyhound is a regular visitor to the podium post-race and loves it drawn the inside. So this greyhound's now had 24 starts from boxes. 1 and 2. It's been placed 18 of 24. So they're the sort of numbers that we like to use to our advantage as punters. Should not be missing a place. Race 4, number 2, High Tensile. Uh, we then head down to race 10, number 1, Just Terminal. Uh, this Greyhounds Rudd Sub-17, it's a time standard that none of the rivals can compete with and as an added bonus comes up with the draw there um, in box 1 where the dogs had 6 drives for 3 wins and 2 placing. So I think Just Terminal will get the chockies for the punters there. Race 10, number 1, and we'll round it out with race 12, number five, Ping Magic. Uh, this is another Greyhound that's a very, very consistent and reliable place getter. 15 tries track and trip, two wins and nine placings. So 11 out of 15 in the placings. And from box number five, five tries, four placings. So all the numbers read up nicely. An all-up play for me tonight at Mander Race. Four, number two, the place race. Ten, number one, the win. And race 12, number five, the place.
1: And, Cal, what about you? You had some luck last week, so I'm interested to hear... And take note of your tips this week.
3: Um, yeah, I was keen on race four, number five, Up Silver, the winner of the year. I think I had this dog leading, maybe sitting outside Prime Whiskers, and I think it will be a lot stronger um, over the top of Prime Whiskers late. I saw about 6.50 in the market. I actually had the dog favourite. So I think that's a great bet there. So race four, number five, Up Silver. And I'm quite keen on race six, number three, Rebellion Bay. Very good That'd last week going. from one. Um, unsuited in box one, wants to use the track, comes out to three here. My ollie will stay wide. I think uh, the map's really good and um, can win.
1: And what about uh, racing tomorrow night? Let's move on to yeah tomorrow night, Cal?
3: Uh, Yeah, uh, Friday night. um, I'd like to hear Shorty's uh, uh, yeah, thoughts yeah, first, great. and we
5: can go through mine after. All right, Shorty, tomorrow okay, right what do you got? Yeah, I think uh, we can get something out of race six, number one, Moe Keeping. Uh, Greyhound that's had uh, two starts at Mandarin has been superb in both starts. Last time out, 22.54. So it's been best of night, both wins. Comes up with a perfect draw. Moe Keeping will get the cash, race six, number one. Uh, I thought that uh, deeper into the card, race 12, number four, Free black Q is yeah. worth a little each-way play. This greyhound's very strong to the line. Drops back to 4.05 but it'll be steaming. The big dangers there in 7, Limburg, Nemesis and from a value perspective, I thought race 4, number 6, Torza, yeah. off the tapes last week, this was eye-catching. The greyhound got a mile out of its ground. a it cop 4 or 5 checks in the run. It was only beaten a length in the end. It was a real eye-catching performance. Should be getting a, a nice each-way price about race 4, number 6, Torza. Uh, there were a couple of other nice bets on the program at odds, I thought, as well. Race Number four, Sanders Magic. On an each-way basis, strikes a very winnable race. Should be at a good quote. Um, And I think that uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more about this greyhound in race eight, drawn box number two, Alamosa Bill. Very flashy-looking type, white and black spots on him. And I saw a bit of vision of Cal with this newcomer to the Shinners Kennel, Alamosa Bill. He's a handsome fella, Cal. Can he run up to his looks?
1: He's not talking about you, Cal, he's talking
5: about the dog. Uh, Oh, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) We're
3: hoping so. Um, I think it's a very winnable race, um, first up in the state. That was one of the perks of buying him. He came over and was uh, provincial grade five. So um, we're stepping him up over 405. He's coming in quite fresh, um, but in a race where there's not a lot of early speed and there's a lot of wide runners, I thought he was quite suited in box two.
5: Mm, That looked a nice race for him to kick off his WA campaign, and you would expect with the grade that he's on he should be able to win quite a few races here in the west
2: it was very interesting to see shorty cal you and i were all with Moy keeping in race six on friday now we're taking a look I hope at
5: that's a good sign i hope that's a good sign. Hope that's a good sign. <laughs> let's
2: hope or it could just be a bad omen we'll have to wait and see now saturday chasing at headquarters obviously anniversary cup night what are your thoughts going into saturday
5: I'm really excited about the feature, guys. Uh, Sunset Spitfire, 11 straight wins. Uh, Last week, 29.39, a new personal best. Uh, It can just take a few steps to get going, but um, my goodness, from about the 20 metre mark to the finishing post the first time around, the acceleration that this greyhound shows is just dazzling and um, comes up with box four in a really nice race. It's not going to be easy, but everything we've seen to this point in time. Sunset Spitfire really um, should take all the beating and let's hope he can, can maintain this incredible winning strike rate. Looking for nice bets outside of the feature. Uh, Sunset Nuclear Race 5, drawn the right box in box number one. Looks really hard to beat. thought Steve Manelli, Race 9, number one is also very well placed. We liked him last week as one of our bets of the weekend. He was really well backed and he didn't uh, disappoint the punters and rounding it out with uh, another red runner. Race 11, number one, Infinity Speed this greyhound ran a very good second behind Steve Manelli last week. That's good form line, and it all ties up through Sunset Spitfire from a couple of weeks ago, which is the hottest form line going around at the moment. So uh, I think it'll be a good night for the uh, the Reds. Race 5, number 1. Race 9, number 1. Race 11, number 1.
1: All right, Shorty, that's all we have time for. It seems like Mo Keeping is the dog on grey- go greyhounds this week. We will chat to you again next week. Thank you again.
5: Great catching up, guys. All the best.
1: That's all we have time for here on Go Greyhounds. We'll be back next week.
0: Live on ACN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Callum Robson.